Welcome to another episode of On the Job with Porak. I'm Brian Marvel, president of Porak. With me as always is Porak Vice President Damon Kurtz. Today we're in San Diego to sit down with one of our corporate sponsors, Mark Bailey of National University. Since 1971, National University has been dedicated to meeting the needs of hardworking adults by providing accessible, affordable, achievable higher education opportunities. A pioneer in online education, National University has offered online classes for over 20 years, as well as classes on-site at locations across California and on select military bases nationwide. Welcome, Mark. Hey, thanks, Brian. Good to see you guys. And welcome back to San Diego to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Spent a little time here, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> it's a very beautiful city. I do miss it a lot, but I will be back. Uh, good. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. We want to thank you for being a corporate sponsor. Well, you know, that took a lot of doing on your part, Damon's part. A lot of work went into that over a couple of years' time to really try to do it right. And I think we're there. We've done it for, what? What, close to a year now, and I think we'll maybe fine-tune it going forward and look forward to a long relationship. Yeah, we uh, definitely, uh, like you said, it, it took a while, and I do want to thank Damon for for really putting the effort in on get, facilitating it and, and making it to fruition. And, uh, you know, for you and National University to come on as sort of our beta testers, uh, we're learning a few things through the process, especially about the mailings. You know, the, the contribution that you're providing and the partnership that we're creating here with National University and PORAC uh, benefits our charity fund. So the funds are going to our line of duty death, our scholarships, and our emergency fund. It's a good place for that money to go. Yeah, and it's a win-win. You know, for us, it's, uh, you know, we, we partner with uh, good organizations like yours to provide a benefit to our membership. And at the same time, the membership gets a benefit through our, our Relief Foundation and our scholarship programs. Well, you guys said it. The key word is partnership. I mean, the university is committed to helping those in public safety, to make, as you said, education more affordable, more accessible. But that's not a true partnership. You know, we want to be responsive to what your members need and what you tell us you need, whether that be some type of training that the university can help develop for you or some other thing that we haven't thought about that you come to us and you say, hey, you're a big university. You have a lot of resources. Can you help us with this? That's what we want to see develop and to continue to happen over the years. So that's, we're kind of in the infancy still by offering scholarships, and basic credit for prior learning and so forth. It's a huge benefit, but we think we can do a lot more in a true partnership. So we're excited for the next year of this to see where it goes. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm just reading about the creation or the founding of National University. And obviously, San Diego is a, a huge Navy town, Marine Corps town. And uh, it was founded in 1971 by a U.S. Navy captain. David Chigos. So you've definitely been around a long time. This is our 50th anniversary. And I tell folks as I go around the country, and I just got back from Orlando, the big FBI National Academy Associates conference there. And I tell folks that we're the ones that came up with this 30-day class format. And they all kind of roll their eyes like, yeah, I'm sure, sure you did. But we really did. 50 years ago, right here in San Diego, David Chigos was head of HR for General Dynamics here in San Diego. He wanted his personnel to be able to go to school, especially his military personnel and former military personnel. But a lot of those folks were deploying to Vietnam. 
50 years ago, and they didn't have any more than 30 days notice before deployment. So they could not commit to a formal semester system. And so Dr. Chigo said, well, wait a second. Why do we have to juggle five classes over several months? Why can't we do one at a time? And when he did the math, he went, hey, this works out pretty good because one class per month is 45 hours. And so you're still a full-time student when you take one class per month, but you just focus on one class. You can jump in at any time. You don't have to wait for a new semester to start the beginning of any month. And you can take a break whenever you want. So that's worked out incredibly incredibly well for our military population, but now for law enforcement with shift work. That's the only way I could do it back in 1982 when I was trying to complete my degree. And, you know, as a young cop, I didn't exactly get the best shifts, as <laughs> you're probably well aware. Uh, and so when I was working graveyards, it didn't make sense for me to try to go to school. But that would change every few months as a rookie. And so when I could jump in and take a one-month class, I did. I was able to get my degree that way. So it's still working 50 years later. We've just made a lot of advancements and enhancements since then especially the online component. Right. That, that flexibility for, you know, first responders and, you know, particularly law enforcement, you get into the into the business and, you know, you're inundated with kind of a new environment, the shift work, and maybe you have a family and trying to juggle all those things and then also try to, you know, better your education can be very difficult. And having something that's flexible like this is huge. Well, as I started kicking this off and we created this a couple of years ago, the Public Safety Promise, which is a basic 25% scholarship to everybody in public safety. And I mean, everybody, sworn, non-sworn, professional staff. But we've also included more recently spouses and dependents because I was going shift by shift, shift meeting by shift meeting. I went to all the agencies here in San Diego County to get started because I was familiar with most of those folks and they welcomed me into their shift meetings. And I had a lot of folks say, yeah, you know, I wish this would include my spouse or I wish this would include my kids. So we got the university to do that. That's the kind of responsiveness that we want to see continue to happen. How do we make this better? And a lot of folks would say, well, I, I can't afford it, even with the 25% off. So the university came up with something else. It's called our Fast Track Scholarship. First one is the Public Safety Promise. That's basic 25%. But the second component that they recently allowed us to add is every fourth class free, absolutely free, if you take four classes over a six-month period, which is really no different than a semester system in college. But you still have two months during that six-month period to play with if you wanted to take time off. So every fourth class as long as you take four classes in a six-month period is free. Combine that with the 25% off, now we can save you almost 50% on the cost of tuition. They've never allowed us to stack scholarships in the history of the university, but we kept after them on this one, especially on behalf of PORAC, and they said, all right, you can do it and we'll see how it works. Now, this fast-track scholarship does a couple of things for your membership that we felt we had to address. One of them in particular is the ease with which you can get into a school that runs 30-day classes is phenomenal. You can start and, and stop any time, but it's a double-edged sword. You can stop any time. So people would take a month off, two months off, three months off, and then all of a sudden they're not coming back. So we tried to figure out how in the world can we encourage them to keep moving through their program? Well, let's incentivize it. Four classes in six months, we'll give you the fourth one free. It started kind of as an, as an experiment, but I just got a memo just the other day that we're going to continue this indefinitely now because it seems to be working. It allows us to retain those students and to help us motivate them to move through their program and try to get to completion. Yeah, that's that's fantastic to hear because, um, you know, here at PORAC, we're really advocating and, and pushing for uh, increased educational opportunities for our members. Um, and you're very well aware, and we've spoken a few times on it about some of the bills that we're facing here in Sacramento in regards to uh, one of the bills mandated college degrees uh, in order to be a peace officer and 25. And every 
everybody, you're a cop, Damon's a cop, I'm a cop. We all recognize that that's a recipe for disaster. Right. The candidate pool would plummet. Well, and if somebody's got a college degree, you're going to have to pay them more in order to attract them to the job. So it's going to make that even um, even more challenging. Well, also, you know, we're here in San Diego and we're looking across the bay and, you know, and I'm seeing helicopters go by and there's a huge military component here. And if we're forcing everybody to have a four-year degree, that's a huge pool of candidates that typically go into, into first responder type jobs. About 40% by my reckoning, because I, I deal with this with this public safety promise. And by the way, if you are public safety, but you're also former military and you have GI Bill, that's how we were founded. We'll show you how to use that GI Bill towards your education. Uh, you're not restricted, in other words. And when your GI Bill runs out, then the public safety promise is there for you to continue to use. So what other opportunities do PORAC members have to attend National University? And, and I guess the question, we're talking about the educational piece of it, but are there classes geared that will help a member help them promote through their agency, will make them a better peace officer for their community and for their department? Here's something really, really interesting. I was voluntold by the university to get my master's degree when I started working for them. And I was coming out of a long career in radio and television. I went to them to help produce video initially, got that unit up and running. And then they said, well, you're still a cop. You're, you're a reserve now. You continue to go out and serve. Go back and reconnect with that police community and, and see if you can attract them back to National University. We haven't paid much attention to them lately. So I got my master's degree and I tried to make as many of the papers that I wrote relevant to law enforcement and my experience in law enforcement, whether it was a shooting incident that I've been involved in and wrote a paper on critical thinking and, and what uh, Malcolm Gladwell calls thin slicing, which is those instant decisions that you have to make. I wrote papers on that and, and a lot of that type of thing. But when I got to the end, the Capstone Project, I kept hearing from leadership, an educated cop is a better cop. And I think we all kind of think, well, yeah, that makes sense. But now I'm in academia and I'm getting my master's. I have to prove it. So I decided to do my paper on education and law enforcement and the effects on that. And what I found was totally unexpected to me. It was stunning. The research has been going on for years. People who continue to study, no matter what the degree program is, and even if they don't study to completion and get a diploma, just the act of continuing to study. There's research out there that says fewer uses of force, fewer uses of deadly force, fewer citizen complaints, fewer injuries on the job, fewer sick days taken. And there's more, but those those are the really significant ones that jumped out. So when you say, are there specific classes? Just the act of studying alone seems to produce those benefits that I'm talking about. Now, if you need your degree for advancement, to get a pay raise, to, to promote and so forth, well, that's great motivation right there if that's what you choose to do. But hold that other stuff in the back of your mind because just continuing to study seems to have huge positive outcomes in policing. So yes, we do have criminal justice justice courses, and, and they're all taught by professionals. They're all taught by people, that, and that's a huge thing about National University. We rely heavily on adjunct professors, and most of those folks have worked or are continuing to work in the field in which they're teaching. And so that's a huge thing. I think it's very uh, fortuitous that National University has decided to refocus on uh, on peace officers and public safety first responders. Boy, the timing's right, isn't it? Yes, because, I mean, we can already see it out of Sacramento that the push for uh, advanced degrees to where I could probably see at some point in time, if you want to promote to a lieutenant or above, you're going to have to have a minimum of a bachelor's, probably a master's at some point in time. Well, you're, you're probably familiar 
with uh, somebody here in San Diego, and I, I won't use their name, but they were very, very high up in the San Diego Police Department. They recently retired, made it to an incredibly high level without a bachelor's degree, which I think those days are over, as you allude to. I think it's going to be kind of required. Even if it's not required, it'll be expected on some level. But this person was smart enough to realize even at the end of their career with SDPD, they wanted to go on and become a chief someplace else. So they came back to me and they said, hey, uh, can you help me get my bachelor's? We were stunned. Our advisors start looking at this person's records and all of a sudden we find out, you're really close. You've been really close for years. Yeah, we, we can help you finish up and get that degree and then you can go on and have a second career somewhere. Well, I know the current bill running through Sacramento, Assembly Bill uh, 89, there's language in there or there likely will be language in there that the that post will work with the universities and the junior colleges to, to sort of create a police science degree. So it's going to be sort of like a nursing program where if you're able to go through that program and get your uh, your bachelor's degree in police science, you would qualify, uh, you'd get your minimum basic post certificate. See, now what you're talking about, if we do something like that with National University in conjunction with PORAC, that's the partnership. That's where it's really happening. What, what we've done so far, and again, I, I still say it's in the infancy, but for folks that don't know, I, I've done a lot of training videos for post. Um, I was kind of one of the faces of these training videos for a dozen years or so. So I, I know most of the folks at Post and have had some kind of working relationship with them. I became aware that there were some grants out there to develop some Post courses. Uh, we applied for those at National to try to dip our toe into that, uh, that pond. And we were successful in getting grants on community policing and on organizational wellness, really talking about officer resiliency, where the real focus on that is. Uh, those classes were developed and are out there for for free to California law enforcement folks right now through December. And it's 17 hours of post-approved training. You get post-credit for that. But again, partnership. You know, we develop those and then we offer those for free through the grant period to folks out there in the field. And it's a direct response to what are the needs of the community right now. We've all heard about community policing. We all know what that is. But we've learned a lot over the years. We know what best practices are now. And we brought a lot of law enforcement folks into this discussion to say, hey, what's working? What's not working? Let's fine-tune community policing. Officer Resiliency, I think that goes without saying that we've gotten a whole lot better than when you and I started with dealing with the pressures, the stress, the cumulative trauma, and so forth. But we've still got a lot of work to do. Yeah, absolutely on that. And, you know, the good thing with you is you, you come from our profession. So when you go to those briefings and, and talk to them, you know, you can literally say, I sat in that seat where you're at. So I have an understanding. What kind of feedback do you get at the briefings or like you went to the FBI Association? I mean, is the message resonating? I guess, within the law enforcement community, I guess would be the question. I, I think so. I think so. What, what specifically, though, it uh, just which the, message the, in particular? Uh, the acceptance and, and changes of the education, because I know Damon and I have this conversation quite a bit. It's like, you know, being a peace officer really is a, a lot of time is, is a blue collar job. It, there's a lot of hands on involved in it. Um, there's a lot of folks that feel that the requirement of a four year degree isn't really necessary uh, because of the nature of our work. But when you go to these and you have these conversations, do you feel that the, the younger generation is more open and accepting to saying, hey, you know what? It, it ultimately may require at some point in time that you have to have a four-year degree to be a peace officer. I'm surprised by how many are coming in with a four-year degree now. 
to be honest with you, to keep this on a really high positive note, because I do see so many folks in shift meetings right down, you know, on the working level. I am, and I still continue to work with them out in uh, El Cajon, you know, with the department that I go out on patrol at least once a week. This generation coming up right now is as motivated, as squared away, and as sharp as any I've ever seen. I'm really, really encouraged. I do, I think they do get it. They do understand that the education is important. But, you know, I always acknowledge with them as well, and, you know, I because I have a foot in both worlds between the radio and television and, and being a police officer, I, I get asked to MC a lot of events and graduations and so forth. And I always acknowledge for the graduates and for their family members that they have received already through the police academy and their initial training, one of the most diverse educations that a human being can ever get. I mean, you've got elements of psychology in there. You've got, you know, all the the hands-on skills, you know, of driving and and self-defense and, you know, all the other hard skills that go along with that. But the soft skills that a cop has to have these days, I mean, I can't navigate all the tech. Thank God I don't have to take paper <laughs> as a reserve when I'm out there. The department takes good care of me on that. Um, I might write an occasional supplement, but just all the evidence collection and so forth, it's, it's a huge education that they already come in with. So how does that tie into credit for prior learning? You know, the academy or if you have military experience, how does that tie into that? In California in particular, we've been able to look at the post, a regular post academy. And as it relates to a criminal justice degree, that's that's where there would be the most crossover. It, it's stunning. We were able to look, there's 17 classes in the upper division. In other words, the third and fourth year of a criminal justice education, 17 classes in that upper division. Thanks to your post training. You're a basic academy that everybody has. We can cross off as many as seven classes, seven classes. And it doesn't dilute the education in any way, shape, or form, because we have to prove to our accreditors that your members already have that knowledge. It would be a crime, literally speaking, to steal their money and their time to make them go back and restudy that. And so we can cross off as many as seven classes. And so now you're not only getting that 25% off and every fourth class free, there's seven classes you don't have to take, seven months you don't have to be in school, and seven classes you don't have to pay for at all. Now that's best case scenario. A lot of folks receive some kind of college credit. I think Half of the academies in California are, are affiliated with a community college. So you do get some credit already, but we can give credit above and beyond that. But best case scenario, we can cross off as many as seven classes from a criminal justice program. And then uh, there's also some credit in Homeland Security, public administration, and we're always willing to look at any program. And by the way, what we're talking about here is over 75 degree programs at National. This, these scholarships are available for over 75 degree programs, not just criminal justice. So so in essence, um, so I can take myself, for example, so I have prior military. So I have some of those some of those classes you do in the military, the training you do the military cross does come with some college credits that they give you. Right. And then, you know, I have the academy. And then over the years, you have, you know, officer advanced officer trainings, uh, different classes you attend. They, they typically give you some sort of credits and you have all this kind of most of us use it to get to our advanced degrees and uh, or advanced post certificates. Right. right. You know, but we can bring all that to you and then you can look at it and say, hey, well, we'll this is where we'll put you and this is what you need to do complete. We have a, a dedicated team now. And this is something that I really pushed hard for right from the very first day that I got to National. We have a dedicated team now to deal with folks in public safety. So they should speak the language a little better than uh, a general advisor that has to know 75 degree programs and a, an infinite number of student backgrounds that they get exposed to. They should have a much better idea. So when you go to, for example, um, on all of our material with POGRAC, I think you go to nu.edu slash POGRAC. That's all you have to do. You go there and it'll give you a request for 
information you can fill out, that'll automatically go to that specialized team. So you should be talking with folks right up front that speak the language and understand your background and exactly what you just said about your prior learning. They know to start looking for that stuff. And you can always contact me. I mean, this is this is what I do. You can get in touch with me anytime. And I tell folks, and I am absolutely dead serious, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. If I don't answer the phone, um, I'm on a different shift than you. But the second that I get back to you, you know, we'll have a conversation of, of anything that you like, and I'll get back to you just as soon as I wake up and, and look at the phone and realize, okay, you're not asleep. <laughs> How do, uh, what's that phone number? Um, oh, gee. Hey, Chelly. 844. 858. Oh, 858. Is that your personal number? My phone number? Yeah. 858-880-4322 is my uh, work number at National University. Uh, that That is my personal cell. 858-880-4322. And my email is mbailey, just M as in Mark, B as in boy, A-I-L-E-Y at nu.edu. Very nice. And you're also on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah, you can find us at most of those places. <laughs> and they're on our they're on our main website as one of the corporate sponsors. You just go to their uh, logo and click on it and it'll take you right to that specialized unit to help you navigate through National University's enrollment process. And seriously, if you have any questions or problems, please just contact me directly. Happy to take the call. Happy to do it. Lots of times I can just redirect and get you right on the path that you want to go. Yep. And uh, we're sending, we send out cards, uh, mailers. I got mine. All right. As a PORAC member, there you <laughs> I, got, go. I got mine in the mail like everybody else. Well, that's what, you know, when we first brought this up, we we're like, this is sort of, we're beta testing a lot of the corporate sponsorship. And uh, obviously we get a special discount for the magazine because we're a nonprofit, but uh, we had never done a mailer on behalf of a corporate sponsor. And uh, we had to get a special permission from the post office for a reduced rate and they approved it. So we are set on that front now. We should, I think we've got through most of the hiccups. Uh, well, and good. I have to uh, I have to thank National University. They, they, they've spearheaded most of the beta testing for us. And I really appreciate well, that's your Chelly patience. Chelly Mohammed, who's sitting right yeah. behind over my shoulder here, who who didn't want to speak up. But she used to run the police and fire championships. That is and true. She's working in our unit in public safety. And so she knows all of you very, very well. That's right. The police and fire Olympics started here in San Diego. Well, thanks again, Mark and Shelly. Thank you. Uh, we both appreciate you coming in today. And uh, we hope you had a, a great time through this interview. Anytime. Absolutely. Anytime. Congratulations on the move. I hope I can get up there for the uh, the new office, the grand opening. Of course, it may have happened by the time people hear this podcast. But Well, you know, one of the things we, before we uh, jumped on this podcast, National University used to teach out of the San Diego Police Unions Hall. And uh, we have a facility now that will hold 100 people. I don't know if National University might be interested in doing the same. Well, absolutely. And, and the other thing that I just had a long conversation this morning, and I know we're out of time here, but the idea of a cohort where everybody studies the same subject and goes through it together. Because of online learning now, we don't have to do that at a physical location. We could put a cohort together for PORAC. If you're more comfortable with studying with folks in the same profession as you, then we could put the, an online cohort together through PORAC and you can take your classes from anywhere in the world. Yep. That's one of the great things about uh, online education right now. Well, I want to thank you all for joining us on this latest episode of On the Job with PORAC with Mark Bailey and Shelly Muhammad of National University. As always, I'd like to close this podcast by thanking all our PORAC members and our nation's law enforcement. We hope you stay safe and have a great day. 
ORHAC is California's largest law enforcement organization and the largest statewide association in the nation, representing over 77,000 public safety members since 1953. Our monthly podcasts, as well as past episodes, are available on ORHAC.org, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, ORHAC's YouTube channel, or where popular podcasts are downloaded. Be sure to follow us on all our social media platforms and tag us with your suggestions for future show topics. To learn more about our organization, visit us at ORHAC.org. We are Porak.